Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Hell's Rebels Adventure Path. It's gross down here, y'all. Yeah, we're about to, like, face the horrible demon from Dogma. Yeah, you know, that comes the... out of the bathroom. That's that's what I'm picturing right now. There actually is a demon that is the poo monster too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> really. <laughs> There's yes, a lot of uh, variations on poo monsters, and but, but them being devils doesn't make it any less gross. No, no not really. It's purely pedantic, but they are technically devils. When last we had left our heroes. Are we heroes? Raven, or Raven, Ravenlings? I don't know what we decided to call you guys. Oh, we were the moment, like the, uh, we're the, the Sterling. Sterling, 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 yeah, Sterling Ravens, because we're not quite silver yet. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> yeah, you're only 0.925% purity. I have a feeling Cesare is less than that, but okay. Fair enough. But yeah, when last we left our heroes, the uh, the Sterling Raven, Ravens, I suppose, at the moment, it descended down beneath the Fair Fortune livery down into the secret hideout left over from the silver silver ravens from when they were defeated 75 years ago during the uh Chelish civil war mm. pursuing information with the uh you guess the hopes of eventually starting back up the silver ravens between all of you and with the help of uh your newfound friend who's not combat trained enough to actually uh, engage any of this rexus victor Descending down, you had fought fought a small group of Grimples. Grimples. I will never forget the Grimples. <laughs> never forget the Grimples. Never <laughs> Some forget. people have fleas now. Me lice. Yes. Uh-huh. I have yep. fleas. We have lice, well, guys. No, lice. Lice, fleas. fleas. Gremlin lice. Oh. It's actually Gremlin lice. We have gremlin lice, not fleas. <laughs> and we're uh, projectile vomited all over. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. We are quite disgusting right now. But I think we got we did get prestidigitized. Yes, we spent time cleaning ourselves up, kind yeah. of. But we do need to be like submerged fully in water, not whatever this giant nasty pit is. Yes, correct. The polluted cistern, I'm guessing. I do have the rules if you want to uh, fully submerge yourself in this. No, no. I just said no. <laughs> we'll come out with more diseases than when we went in. Exactly. <laughs> Look at all these diseases I got. But hey, we won't have lice. This That's is one true. of those moments where you don't want to catch them all. Instead, yeah. just leeches. mutates the lice into something worse. That's true. <laughs> you look off to the corner and there's just a rat and four turtles hanging out. You're like, oh, God, <laughs> I see where this is going. <laughs> They'll be silver. These ratings. are the heroes Kintargo right, deserves. All right, everybody, which will use Bebop and who's Rocksteady? <laughs> I'm Vanilla Ice. <laughs> oh, man. Go, ninja, so go, ninja, go. Go, ninja, go, ninja, go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If only somebody was playing a ninja in our group right now, that would have oh been so perfect. I guess Nicolo is the closest. He is the rogue. Hey, sure. there we go. <laughs> Cold as ice. That yeah. means Victoria is April. I'm the investigative one. Oh, I was going to say someone could be Casey Jones, but anyway. <laughs> this went a weird place. It the, did. <laughs> the party made their way deeper before finding an ancient cistern. Uh, what was... Uh, I believe Vittoria identified that this was once probably uh, since the city was raised, its level was raised because it was on a island that repeatedly flooded Mm. in time immemorial, in large part because all the history has been redacted. The government at the time raised up the city by basically just paving over the old city. And so you're pretty sure you're actually at a fountain that was probably mm-hmm. once on the surface back before the street level was raised up by about 20 feet yep. mm-hmm. and uh, wow. has now turned it's into this fountain. horrible polluted cistern with chains on the ceiling and all the rest of that. There had been a fair amount of infernal writing scrawled across the surrounding walls 
of what Cesare was able to identify at one point seems to have been designed to create a gate to hell. Yeah, but it yeah. only would have worked for a few seconds, and they're not magic anymore. I guess it worked long enough. Well, yeah. Something's left over, that's for sure. Niccolo looking over this uh, off towards the side, as well as I think it was Lucia, had noticed slopping movements in the surface of the water. Like the slight bulge in the surface of the water as a shark slides under it. Except for in this mm. case, a horrifying looking monstrosity had slapped one flabby hand onto the the railing next to the cistern here, pulled itself up. Niccolo turning back, looking down into this horrendous face. This creature resembling nothing so much as a roiling wave of flesh almost seeming to roll forward and amid its amid its fatty surge wiggle half formed limbs and a dripping tumorous face which stares up at you its mouth opens agape this slosh of sewage flows from its open mouth it then states loud enough for anyone in the party to hear, as I think only Cesare understands Infernal. Nope. Is that correct? Oh, Infernal. I do, actually. Yeah, I speak Infernal. Oh, okay. So Cesare, Niccolo, Vittoria, you see this thing raise up you, the sloshing vomits forth from its mouth. Ew. Kill! And I'll need initiative from the party. Last time it said souls. Yeah. It doesn't happen to be saying <laughs> That's kill not the- me, does it? No. I thought it was saying Jill, and I was like, who's Jill? <laughs> Jill, Val- no, Jill Valentine. Stars. Jill Valentine. Wrong, wrong series, bruh. These are contractors for the nemesis, yes. Oh, no. So let me go ahead and uh, cue up a little combat music. Sirenscape. Kill your friends with devils. And we all have a hero point back, right? Right? Uh, no, that will be episode nope, seven. next episode. After every three oh, episodes. Oh, next episode. Which is sad, because I could really probably use one. Yeah. I still have an extra one. I need to at least try to burn one at some point. <laughs> yeah, Ross, maybe you should re-roll some stuff. Gosh. How <laughs> dare you have decent <laughs> dice luck. Yeah, it's going all right. Oh, this sounds like it comes with a pleasant squelching noise. Mm, good. How do you make a pleasant, pleasant squelching, and squelching noise? are ever in the same context. That's not pleasant. That's still you not ever pleasant. You with uh, Gak? Or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah as a kid. Oh, taking us back to the 90s, Jessica. <laughs> I got you. First the there's, turtles, then we got Gak. Uh, there's something else that they make nowadays, too. I can't remember. I think it's like floor slime. or something. Uh, no, it's like just, specifically yeah. like it make it's like slime that makes a farting sound. Oh. One of, one of the... That's been around because yeah. I had that when I was a kid. Uh, so, yeah, I'll need a perception roll from the party with the exception of Cesare, who may choose to make a uh, religion roll instead, since he was reading over these documents and could have gone, oh, crap, there's probably devils here. Uh, it's the same. Okay. My perception and my religion are the same bonus, so. All right. Adria Sila. Adria rolls a 13 for a 20. Nice. Lucia. Lucia's got a nine for a 14. Cesare, night bloom. Night bloom, yeah. <laughs> There's not a pause there. Uh, night dash bloom. Cesare rolls a 10 for a 14. Orlando bloom. 
Oh, is Cesare played by Orlando Bloom? I no, can see that. No, it's Lee, Lee Pace. Oh. I mean, same I can see that too. I mean, it's father and son, technically. <laughs> Who would like to go first, Lucia or Cesare? I think I should probably go first uh, since I'm closer to it and thus in more danger. Yeah, or I can do a recall knowledge so we know what can actually hurt these things, whichever. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because I'm not going to know what it is. I don't care. Who's going first? I guess, uh... <laughs> let's get the knowledge Lucia first. goes first. Yeah. Okay. Or, or not. Lucia first. We don't think here. Uh, Vittoria Scordato. Vittoria rolled a, a 19, which gives her a 24. Nice. nice. Very good, very good. Nicolo Aita. Uh, so I was thinking I was doing pretty well with my 16 for a 21, but uh, wow. <laughs> We're really ready. Yeah. Well, I do get I get a plus five perception, so that helps. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> so combat begins. Again, all of you stand in this chamber. A 50-foot diameter pool of rancid brown slurry fills most of the circular chamber. Chunks of plaster have fallen away, leaving ragged patches behind on the walls and ceiling, and mounds of rubble on the floor. What wall space remains is decorated in crude drawings and symbols of sinister form. Greasy-looking chains run between the four stout pillars, rising from the muck and anchored to various points on the wall. Victoria, you have first initiative. Um, tearing her eyes away from... <laughs> the uh, symbols that she's been jotting down in her journal, I'm going to move action, shove that in my back. Well, honestly, probably move action, just or free action, drop it. Okay, so free action, drop my journal, and then I'm going to approach this thing and draw my short sword. Short sword. I'm going to draw my short <laughs> sword. Hi, Narmer. Shamsha. <laughs> and then I would like to slash down upon it. Unfortunately, right. I was not able to use my cool ability of devise a stratagem because it did drop a freaking weapon, but that's Yeah, okay. you had to leap to the attack so fast that you couldn't really think out a strategy as you yeah. see this thing. So... You rush towards it, the overwhelming stench rolling past you as you close on it. It stares up at you with yellow heat-filled eyes. Mm. Oh, well, we're starting off well today. I roll a 16, which gives me a 20 to hit. A 20 will strike your target as you bring your blade around and lash down at it. It nice. does not critical. Is that including the penalty for having lice? Yes, sickened one. So yeah, it would have been a plus five if okay. I didn't have the sickened, but it was plus four because that. So sorry, yes, it was sorry. already factored in. You're covered in, you're covered <laughs> in lice. So yes, um, the plus four was with the uh, penalty for being yeah. sick. So a 20 will strike your target. And I rolled uh, four points of damage. You rush to the four leap forward, bring your blade around, slam down with all of your force as you very lightly nick it. Your blade bouncing <laughs> away to almost no effect. Uh -oh. Although you see a small oozing of some sort of yellow pus that may pass for blood in this thing. Well, that's not good. Hmm. Nicola. Great. Great. This is great. This is a great day. It's okay, honey. We believe in you. I appreciate that. And mm -hmm. I was just more disgusted. Well, swords <laughs> don't seem to do much. Even better. Nicola takes a step. So I carry a staff. Is it fair to say in general I have it in my hands? I don't think you can really stow one very easily. No, and you weren't doing any action that required you to have both hands free. We expected mm. danger down here. I figure most of us probably have weapons out. Yeah, Victoria needed her hands to draw. Yeah. She was sketching yeah. down the symbols that she saw. All right, then I will step scratch, I guess. Oh. 
Very Which well. I assume doesn't provo- well, it doesn't could provoke an attack opportunity. I think it's a manipulate, but yeah, probably should have done that first. Eh. <laughs> uh, and I will go on ahead and swing with the staff two handed. All right. I roll a six for a twelve. So eh. a twelve will not strike your target as you bring your weapon down and around towards it, trying to hit it. I think I. Nope, nope, that was just, uh, just a flab. Great. (laughs) Yep. It continues to lurch forward towards you, Adria. I'm gonna recall knowledge, because I don't want to waste a spell. So, yeah, let's go ahead and go recall knowledge for Adria. It's probably something I have a zero in, but oh well. There you go, Jess. Oh, okay, y'all, this this ain't a devil. This is an elemental. What? It's called a mud wretch. It's made of mud. They're really stupid, and uh, they don't really have to eat nothing, but they do got to stay wet, so I guess, you know, use that if you can. <laughs> what? If only we had a hairdryer. I don't got anything that'll do anything for that, but uh, I'm pretty sure that electricity and storms tend to clean stuff up, so here's where I am at. Uh, and then she'll cast Tempest Surge on the one closest to her that's kind of been poked by Vittoria. Okay. Uh, and electricity and stormy winds crackle around it, and it gets a reflex save. Very well. There's a blast of electricity and wind. The sludge sloshes up over the edge of the pool and across Victoria's boots. Reflex save. Mm-hmm. The DC is 17. Wow, that is that is definitely not a success. Uh, that would be Great. a nine. Great. It takes a D12 of damage, electricity damage, Ooh, nice. which I rolled a two. Oh, <laughs> sad. And it rolled a nine. That is not a critical failure. Oh, but it is a failure. So they are also clumsy two for one round and they will be taking one persistent electricity damage. Cool. Nice. Nice. So that brings us to the mud wretches. The mud wretch uh, that I've affectionately named Blue will attack (laughs) Nicolo. Yay. Old Blue. We shouldn't give them names. Then we become attached to them and want to keep them as pets. We can't, not these ones. They're covered in grossness. Yeah, no, they're, they're gross. Let's not invite them back to the house. So bad enough you already got lice. Are they like vampires? Like, you can't invite them in? Oh, no, I mean, you can invite them in. It's just gross. Oh. All right, Niccolo, uh, it starts with a claw with a 13, which I don't think is going to hit you. Uh, 13 does not. It follows up with a second claw. That one is for a 14, so slightly better. Still no, unfortunately, for it. It will then slosh, slosh. <laughs> sloshing around the outside before clambering up onto the uh, the edge of the fountain and then almost almost like a ball of flesh just kind of rolling over the top. You can't really tell. It is so circular that it's hard to tell whether or not it's standing <laughs> as it rolls out of the pool. I'm getting like mad clay face vibes. <laughs> if you do have a tax of opportunity, you may take one, but I don't think you do. I- do not know. All right. It appears that uh, Adult Swim has started, so all the children must get out of the pool. <laughs> all right. Oh, the man. other one attacks Vittoria. This will probably hit. It's a 25. Yeah. Wowzers. All right. Uh, it claws into you for six points of damage oh, as its claws God. sink deep. It then wrenches these free and will claw at you again. Oh my God. Although this time only with an eight. No. It then sloshes (laughs) its way deeper into the pool, beginning to make its way slowly towards Niccolo, 
Why? Considering its short stature, it's actually only a little bit over four feet in height. It's like up to shoulder level sloshing its way through this muck. Why do they like me so much? You must be just so <laughs> handsome. Oh, great. I didn't want to be handsome to whatever these things are. Raw animal magnetism. (laughs) You have the most fluid for the mud wretches. From there we go to Lucia. (laughs) You know, blood will work in a pinch. (laughs) Great. Yeah, you know, Victoria's just a little, you know, she's kind of scrawny. Gosh, what a world. Um... (laughs) So I guess fiendish mud wretches. Lucia will just like turn over to towards Vittoria. Y'all right? I'll be fine. Help him. She like looks at the at the uh, mud wretch that's in the middle of the uh, cistern and like dramatically flourishes her uh, rapier. Oh, so I thought you were gonna say dramatically jumps into the cistern. No, <laughs> oh <God>. no, <laughs> no. It's like yes. Do it. You guys, Do you guys it. feel that, don't you? You hear it in his voice that he is just trying to get one of us into this nasty fountain. That means there's something worse in there. There is something mm-hmm. really bad he wants us to experience. I'm just calling it. This, this is the evil side of Rick's GMing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't come up very often, but anytime it's something gross, it reminds me of uh, the making of Sleepy Hollow. Anytime Tim Burton was able to like throw nasty blood or whatever at Johnny Depp, he took that opportunity. Even when he's doing an autopsy, to get a dead body, which has no blood flow, blood in the face. He, we are the Johnny Depp and he is the Tim Burton. We're just getting all kinds of gross. All I know is I'm gonna push Nicolo into that pool. Anyway. Oh no. <laughs> No, no. So I am going to do uh, my uh, my battle dancer's fascinating performance. Uh, so I will do a perform check against the will DC of the uh, the wretch in the middle of the cistern there. So let's see what All we right. get. I roll a six. That is an eleven versus its will DC. Unless it's real bad. At, They're not very smart. No, you don't think it's paying any yeah. attention to you. Mm. Fair. Okay. Well, you know, I tried. Lucia will then begin moving, running towards, uh, what would you effectually call the other one? Blue, the one that's attacking Niccolo? Yep, old blue. <laughs> old blue. Does it have something to do with the blue dot on his icon? Maybe. 20, 25 feet to right there to be in the flank? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I get into the, I slide into the flank with Niccolo. She, she has a look of utter disgust as she rams her rapier into him, hopefully. All right. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't be confident because I didn't get my fascinating performance. So I am sickened also, which is unfortunate. I roll a 17 for a 23. Nice. nice. I will take it. That will critical your target as you oh, slide oh, into the flank, oh, no. leap forward, and stab down at the flat-footed foe. I like Very the nice. idea of criticaling this while also with like one foot back. Like, I really don't want to hit this because it's gross. <laughs> no, I like the I'll idea of criticaling this and your whole hand goes into it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no. Like intentionally. No. Basket of your rapier and you're like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it'll never get out of the filigree. No. <laughs> oh, you must be kidding me. I don't know. Did you roll I low roll damage? One. Oh, God. Minimum damage for four points of damage. Oh. You. Very lightly Nick Blue. Oh, that's so... Uh, no, it's so bad. I hate it. It looked cool. Speaking of one point of damage, the other one did take one point of damage and did fail yeah. its uh, flat check against the clumsy effect. Woo! Okay. Uh, you looked least. really cool, and you you do think you've injured it. 
ever so slightly as you try to punch through this thing's thick, rubbery Dang it. hide. Dang it. I miss when we got Cesar. to roll two dice. <laughs> you missed what? what? Oh, you're critical. I miss when we get to roll two dice, because now you just double the dice when you roll it. Lightning, you say. So Cesare's going to cast a lightning arc between the two. So they need to make a reflex save DC uh, 17. Okay. So blue <laughs> makes a 24. Wow. The other one, which I affectionately name red. Red Baron. No. Huh. The other the one red makes Baron. a 13. Okay. So one passes, one fails. So I roll a three, which means they each take seven points of damage. All right, so three mm -hmm. for that one, seven points for the other. I'm going to stay put. So a bolt of lightning streaks between the two sides of the room, crackling, dancing off of the dangling chains across the ceiling. All right, well, I'll try to recall knowledge, I suppose. I'm definitely not getting any closer to these things. Yeah, they're pretty gross. Lucia feels that vibe. And yet Lucia is still flanking with Nicola. Because Lucia also doesn't want to die. Uh. <laughs> the quickest way to survive is to make them dead. Or you could just leave. Yeah, but she's like a good person. Laughing. Like, you know, yeah. she's not going to like abandon an innocent person oh, yeah. to their doom, you know. Chris, she doesn't know any of us are innocent yet. <laughs> you could. I guess that's true. She is giving you the benefit of the doubt. They are Lemures, the least of the devil kinds. Oh, well, they seem like mud wretches to me. I don't know. How do we kill them? Oh, right. Give me a moment. I'll see what else I can remember. Great. I mean, <laughs> it's, it seems like uh, the electricity seemed to work, though, right? All right. So, devils. What works against devils? Good question. Uh, I mean, I thought they were elementals, so obviously I have no idea. Technically, it'd be a separate knowledge, or you can recall knowledge again to attempt to remember more about this, but that's also all that you can relate mm -hmm. in the six seconds you have. Yep. So from Cesare, we go back around to the top, Vittoria. Vittoria would like to start with doing some battle medicine. All right. Uh, Don't roll a one. <laughs> so uh, one action, treat wounds. Uh, it's just and there was a FAQ that says that as long as you have it stored on you, but you don't have a bandolier or anything, do you? It comes with a bandolier now. Yeah, oh, okay. Bandoliers don't exist anymore. So it's not an action to pull it. You just, haha. Okay. Yeah, because it just says you are holding or wearing healer's tools. Attempt a medicine check with the same DC as treat wound. And you have a hand free, so you're good to go. Did not roll a one, guys. Woo, Yay. <laughs> Unfortunately, I only rolled an eight, which gives me an 11. Okay, but you didn't Aww. crit fail, so you're fine. So I did not. Yeah, you just failed. Well, crap. I tried that. It didn't work, so I would like to then uh, attempt to recall knowledge. Okay. Just assume that she can't make the check because she's got a sword in one hand and she's just trying to wrap it. It's like, ah, and she just gets angry and throws it down on the ground. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> shoot that over to you. That is the worst message I could have gotten. Really? <laughs> you have one action remaining. Did your recall knowledge get you anything? No. I got a lovely message that says, you recall nothing. <laughs> oh. Ouch. That's that's harsh. At least I you know, didn't crit fail and recall the wrong thing like I did. <laughs> Which I apparently just it's a did. Secret. Either, that or, either that or Heather crit failed and believes that they're still lemurs and not I mean, the it's, elementals it's that they are. <laughs> They were speaking infernal, it. though, so I, I, I think there's more credence to uh, to Cesare's check. I suppose with Vittoria's last action, she will move 
uh, between the edge of the fountain and Cesare because he's not really a, uh, you know, get up in there and fight type of person. So she'll put herself in between. Fair enough. Very well. So Cesare standing tall, Vittoria rushing forward, just doing her best to hold her injured arm up against her side since she tried to do one of those, like, pulled the wrapping out. It was injured in her free hand, and so she's, like, holding that with her hand, and then she's trying to, like, spin it with her other hand while also trying to, like, pull the bandage tight with her teeth and just eventually gets frustrated and tosses it on the ground. Cesare raises an eyebrow as she runs past. And slides over between, uh, between you and the enemy. From Vittoria, Nicolo. It's all on Great. you, Ross. Great. Good. Fine. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nicolo uh, is going to start with scratching, because scratching's fun. Okay. So you itch a bit. And yeah, I'm flanking, so there's no need to faint at this point. So I'm just going to go on ahead and try a strike. It's true. I roll a natural one, and I'm going <sighs> to use a hero point. Yep. Again, I literally can't do worse, so that hero point that you got for remembering to bring backup tools. Yay. I rolled a seven, which That's is better. a thirteen against their flat footed AC. That will hit your flat footed opponent. Yay. <laughs> Alright. Hero point well spent. Sneaklo yes. brings his uh, quarterstaff down to bear. And I'm guessing I get sneak attack. I'm rolling sneak attack, though. If I don't get it, just let me know. I'll let you know. And that is 10 total points of damage. Nice. A crushing hit. Although it does seem to be somewhat resistant to the blow, you still deal a fair amount of damage. All right. I figured it out. You just have to hit them very hard. You aimed for the big blobby part that you think's ahead. I've solved the puzzle, everyone. It's all head. I will try another strike. Uh, got a whole Modoc thing going on. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, <God>. oh. <laughs> or a Krang. Oh. Yep. Krang, Krang's not as bad as Modoc. Krang's think. all brain. Krang's, <laughs> yeah. He's all brain. I mean, itty bitty little arms. At any rate, though, with my last strike, or my last action, I try a second strike, and I roll an 18. Oh, Ooh. nice. Altogether gets me a 19 with the minus five penalty. <laughs> that will strike your target. It comes dangerously close to criticaling your flanked foe. Oh, Very wow. nice. All right. Seven points of damage with that hit. I rolled a pair of twos. Nice. Still a reverberating blow as you bring your weapon back down on it, striking it hard. It's still going as you continue to slam this thing down. You're not entirely positive what can hurt this thing, but you don't think your uh, quarterstaff is up to yeah. really injuring it. For now, though, uh, yeah, just hit it really, really hard. That is my <laughs> advice to all of you. From Nicolo, we go to Adria. Okay, Adria is going to pull her hand crossbow and okay. then she is going to look at the one being flanked by her allies and cast Tempest Surge again because she has two focus points and shroud the thing in lightning some more or I guess for the first time because this is the other one and it gets yep. a reflex save it get DC 17 that's a good one not a critical success but that's still 23 that was a good roll yeah it saves so it's gonna take um, so I rolled 10 for damage so it's gonna take five electricity and it doesn't have any of the other effects okay so it takes five points of electricity 
Uh, it looks like that one's a little more resistant to my tricks. It crackles, pops before it splits open in this horrendous cloud of stench oh, as its back mind. bursts. It lets nice. out a squealing sound, some sort of combination of a, a kettle and a cart rolling over a bagpipe before it just falls still. <laughs> that oh. is oh, weird. God. Uh, it's even weirder that I could definitely hear that. <laughs> Never mind, I think I killed it. Yeah, it's not moving anymore. I think you got it. Ah. The air crackles with energy as that brings us back to the other Lemire. It will slosh its way closer towards the edge, back towards Vittoria. Raises up its clawed hands. Souls! Uh, however, it only claws out with a 14. That does not hit. All right, it's going to try the claw again, and this time I think it might actually hit, because uh -oh. that is a 21. Yeah, god dang. How dang. is it? Does its second attack not get a freaking minus? No, it's 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 better minus Agile. five. Uh, it does slice you for four points of damage as it cuts across your left thigh, bringing its claws down. Four. Okay, she's not looking too good now. Okay, I got you, honey. I <laughs> Much appreciated. It might have hit something a bit more vital. Mm. Lucia. Lucia pulls her blade out of the disgusting, squealing mass of now decrepit Lemure. Turns back to uh, the one that's attacking Vittoria, does the dramatic like slap out of her rapier and like there's like little bits of gore just kind of go uh, splashing off into the stuff. And she says, you're next. Nice. Um, unfortunately, I cannot fascinate him again because he was the one that I tried to fascinate previously. I'm assigning a gender to him. I don't know what his gender is. I don't really know if it has one. It's gender is hate. <laughs> uh, it also, by the way, took one more point of damage and uh, it did fell its... Uh, DC 15 flat check. That DC ah. 15 flat check is high. Yeah, it's a pain. Wonderful. Um, okay, so she is going to move the 15 feet to get up next to Vittoria and in base-to-base -base contact with this guy and stab him twice because that's what I got. Forming a protective barrier in front of the professor. Yep. Wait, no, I will scratch so that I have a... a I get rid of that second <laughs> one. Yes. All, All right. right. I'm thinking. Now we're playing so with you do a quick here. scratch first, then you rush forward, then you spin your blade, then you step. That's only a three for a ten. <laughs> Unfortunately, a ten will not strike the rolling ball of flesh. I'm also still salty about criticaling for such little damage. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to Cesare, the professor. Yeah. Do I know anything else about the Lemiars? You can recall knowledge again. Let's see. That is... Bonking him on the head worked pretty well. <laughs> I think that's mostly my sneak attack, though, to be honest. I mean, that was definitely mostly your sneak attack, but, you know, Lucia doesn't know that. <laughs> Turns out the head's a vulnerable point. <laughs> For most things, yeah. Eh. I do like how Vorpal weapons specify if it's something that can survive without a head, you don't instantly kill it. <laughs> I'm hoping that noise gets across to everyone that secret checks are going on. What noise? I was about to say, I haven't That noise that I'm going to edit into this later. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought you made a literal one right now. I, nope. I don't suppose anyone has silver weapons. There was that dagger. Who has it? Uh, I believe Nikolo has the highest strength, so I imagine he'd probably carry the loot. Yeah, I just probably. have a regular dagger. Well, we got a silver dagger from, uh, from Rexus, so I don't know if anybody else claimed it, but if not, then yeah, I probably have it on me. Yeah, I, I don't have not. it on my equipment. 
Yeah, none of you specifically decided to take it, so I'm just going to assume that it's in Nicolo's backpack. All cool. right. Works for me. Also, Adria, don't use any fire spells. Okay. And I will zap it with my electricity. Reflex save, DC 17. I ain't got none anyway, so it works out for me. Very well. Oh, uh, natural one, so that's going to be a critical failure. Ooh. Yay! So I rolled a two, which means four plus my intelligence modifier, so I do eight points of damage. You double your intelligence modifier, too. Oh, okay, so 12 points of damage. Double everything, so very well. So you just kind of go, don't use fire, and then you gesture out, and this bolt of electricity streams between it, and since you need a second point, just like arcs off of the chains across the ceiling. The thing squeals as it's currently standing in a giant slush pool of fluid before electricity uh-huh. arcs across that. Fills the room with the burning smell of ozone and burning offal before it explodes. Oh. Again, making that horrifying pop wheezing sound before it just slurps beneath the surface. Little gross. chunks of it floating back up. Oh, gross. Well placed. Good job, Cesare. Thank you. If we do run into any more devils, I would use that silver dagger that should hurt them substantially better than your staff, and most of them are going to be immune to any form of fire. I don't really prepare fire. I'm more of like a water, wind, air kind of person. Are we expecting more more of them? I mean, who knows? This is a Kintargo, and the Church of Asmodeus is who we're going to be fighting in this endeavor. No, no, I, I meant like down here. No idea. I I do recall that um, this might have been a portal to hell. So, mm. logically, it would make sense that perhaps more. At least the Lemurs made their way through. I don't know about anything else or anything more powerful. Although, to be fair, if you're going to go through all the trouble of opening up some fancy portal, you would probably want something bigger than a Lemur. Well, it could be test runs. It depends on the power of the spellcaster. You don't want to call for something you cannot control. Do not call up that which you cannot put down. Exactly. Anyway, come over here, honey. Let me patch you up. Adria is spending 10 minutes to treat wounds on Vittoria. Okay. Are the Lemur's bodies disappearing or are they staying like they were gated in? They're staying as if they were gated here. That makes sense. There was a gate. So Adria is doing that. What is uh, Lucia doing in the meantime? Resisting the urge to go to the other side of the cistern and see what's over there because that would be a horrible idea. I guess she's just going to like watch Adria do this medicine stuff because she knows nothing about that. <laughs> Lucia, would you mind doing me a favor? Sure, what? In my haste to go after the creature, I dropped my journal. Would you mind going and getting it so I don't forget? Yeah, sure. I guess I'll walk over and grab the journal and the uh, writing implement I assumed you dropped with yeah. it. She's probably like doing that thing where she thumbs through it and goes, I don't know what language this is written in. Ooh, pretty pictures. <laughs> uh, Cesare, would you like to do anything? Cesare will see if there's anything else of interest on the walls and absentmindedly scritch Raven while he's walking around the room. And Victoria is getting patched up. Nicola, other than retrieving the dagger, are you doing anything else? Yeah, uh, Nicola switches out his steel dagger for the silver one because seems like a good idea. Otherwise, I'd like to investigate the pile of debris where I was at the beginning of the encounter and see if I can figure out anything useful. Okay. He wants to finish what he started. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Uh, so Adria applies some 
old sea witch magic, I guess, somehow ma into this because I rolled an 18 for a 25, critically succeeding and giving nice. you 19 hit points back. Wow. I, I, am, uh, I am full up then. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Nicolo, taking out your dagger, I guess putting it in your pack, pulling out this other dagger, sliding it in. It fits a little loose in the sheath. Yeah. Looking it over, it is a, it is a good weapon. As in, it's mm -hmm. sharp, it's functional. It is low-grade yeah. silver, so there's no filigree, there's nothing fancy about this. This was a weapon made specifically for the purpose of damaging things that have a vulnerability to silver. Fair enough. Nicolo appreciates just sort of utilitarian craftsmanship. So, in the meantime, Cesare, you look over the uh, the walls there, checking over the, the marks and the runes that you see carved in. I suppose by the time that uh, you get finished glancing this over, probably taking a few notes, Adria's finished bandaging up Victoria's thigh and arm of what seemed to be functional at the very least once again, as she's moving them with little pain or restriction to her movement. It's a not surprising that the Lamars were the only thing that we found here. This gate is not well constructed. Whoever did it was not very skilled. Hmm. Mm. Good. Guess we got lucky. But it has been here for a while. Like, is it still doing stuff? Uh, no, the magic is gone from the runes, probably used up to bring forth the Lamours. That's kind of weird, though, because you would think that, like, you summon these these devils here, like, and then you just leave them in the cistern and, like... Well, it's possible when they summoned them, it killed them. Exactly. Okay. Mm. If I if I remember right, don't, don't these things usually, like, contain them, too, so they can't leave? Depending on the circles, yes, but uh, this seems just like a gate. We're lucky these didn't take the initiative to wander upstairs. Still strange to me that this is below what is believed to be a Silver Raven hideout. Mm. Perhaps yeah. we will find some answers further in. Okay. So uh, I guess that begs the question then, do we want to go on the other side of the cistern or check out... Did we, or did we already check out the passage that continued on past where we turned into the cistern, right? Yes. Yeah, that closed off. It's a, the rubble had collapsed down and we couldn't oh, go through okay, it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're probably gonna have to look past the cistern. Mm -hmm. So you wish to circle around to the far side? Yes. Yep. Do. Reluctantly, yes. You make your way across. As you make your way further, Again, Niccolo, from the moment he looked at the, the upstairs, the situation with the delivery on its ground floor was a little concerned. Stepping around down here, the cracks in the foundations of this place are extensive. Numerous interior walls have collapsed. Some of them you're not sure, but you worry maybe load-bearing. Mm. Rubble has fallen down, and in sections you can see where some of the uh, stones that have made up the ceiling have actually collapsed down and brought a fair amount of dirt and debris down and piled up in some areas up to two or three feet. Ahead of you, you see that the passage continues. In essence, from the far side of the, the cistern here, you see that there's a wide arch which leads into a room. Even glancing in there from here, you can see that it's maybe, maybe some sort of kitchen. Anything in there seems to have collapsed over the years and it's just been left buried. The few things that you can see that are left look to have been cooking utensils as well as pots, pans, things like that. The exposure to the humid air in here has caused them to rust extensively over the last 70 years. The passage ahead of you leads into a larger room that looks to still contain the ruins of a number of bunks. It looks like this was maybe sleeping quarters. Not comfortable down here, you don't imagine. Particularly with an open archway that leads to a sewer hole. 
Although whether or not this was a sewage hole 75 years ago, you don't know. You can see that the passage, that there's an exit from the room on the opposite side. I say we continue. We still haven't found everything we're looking for here. After you. No, I mean, this can't be it, right? I doubt it. Well, now that we found the kitchens and the bunks, I believe we are probably getting closer. Let's just hope there's a library down here that's not, you know, destroyed. You press your way forward, making your way steadily ahead. As you move deeper, you find that these rooms have fallen mostly into disrepair. Again, the chunks of plaster hang from the walls, exposing rough stonework beyond. As you pass by the bunk room, the kitchen, you enter into what may have at one point been an armory, which lies scattered about in states of complete disrepair. The doors and places hanging from their hinges and crumbling archways that lie between the chambers. You step into a room that contains a scattering of look to be maybe old boxes and crates. Even as you glance about and look all this over, it just seems to be in terrible disrepair. Although at the very least, there are crates and chests in here, so maybe something of use and or value. Hmm. Well, that's odd. <laughs> what? What is? Uh, well, the plaster, the old furniture, in the northeast corner there. Um, it seems purposeful, like it was arranged in such a way. Like a secret thing? Maybe like to, cover to cover up a secret up. or to draw attention, either way. Strange. Worth looking at, I think. Uh, while Victoria explores that, what are the rest of you wanting to do? Adria's just going to start opening crates, I guess. Yeah, I think Lucia will do the same and just go through those well, real quick. Both of them are doing that, then I'll kind of keep an eye out. Nicola, what are you doing in the meantime? I'll keep one hand on my staff, the other on a crowbar, and I'll go over and take a look <laughs> at... Uh, yeah, I'll just start helping out with these crates as well, see if there's anything... So, Cesare, you keep an eye out onto the corridor, probably particularly cognizant of the fact that someone used infernal magic down here. <laughs> so much fun. Trying to ignore over your shoulder as you hear Vittoria doing, mm, 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 as she looks <laughs> over this. <laughs> well, we should keep an eye out. There's a, a nest here. A oh. nest. Uh, it could be another Grimple. I'm not exactly sure. There's... Not much left here, oh. but... Uh, Gods, not um, another one. <laughs> I think we should just oh. be vigilant. Well, I, I can take a look at that in a minute. I want to finish up with these crates. So, cracking open the crates, there are three crates that have actual things of value. Most of the crates down here, there are seven crates down here in total. Four of the crates at one point contain food stuff. It definitely does not pass for any sort of food any longer. And due to the humidity in most of these cases, you open this and it's just this mildewy yeah. solid mass inside. Oh. Ew. That's awesome. Niccolo, you crack open one of these crates. Inside you find what looks to be almost a small selection or armory. Hmm. Remaining in here are two suits of leather armor, two short bows, two hand crossbows, and two morning stars. Wow. Digging around through here, you see someone either dropped or hid a small pouch in the bottom of this. And reaching down, picking it up, you hear a soft clacking sound. You open this. You pour into your hand what appear to be a dozen small pearls. Whoa. Pearls? Can I make a crafting check to recall knowledge on how much these pearls might be worth? Certainly. Give me one second here. You have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lucia... You find a second crate. Open this up, you find uh, a number of what appear to be not very useful 
items, just clothes that are old and moldy, etc. However, there is a locked watertight iron coffer. Mm. Okay. Picking this up and looking it over, it looks like it's been secure for all of these intervening years. There's a small amount of rust and it's a little discolored, but it's in good condition. Well, in that case, double check. I do have some thieves tools. I'd like to crack it open. So, yeah, I mean, you found it. So go ahead and uh, give me a thievery check. I roll a six for a 12. Does not succeed. You may try again. I will try again. That's a perfect 20. Nice. 26. With a 26, that is a critical success. (laughs) Boom. You just kind of try your hand at it. Have very little luck. Kind of think back to uh, to the little training that you'd been receiving in the the back room behind the dressing chambers in the uh, the opera house. It was also totally for a roll, so it was on the level. Yeah. <laughs> you. <laughs> That's the excuse that she gave herself for learning how to lockpick. Yeah. You focus, lean down, listen. Off to the side, you can hear you know Nicolo going. Hmm, how much would I pay for these? No. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I would never buy these at all. Why am I asking this question? I'm probably eyeing with some approval the morning stars he just found, too. Like, ooh, that's a. Yes, I actually plan on taking one if nobody else wants one. (laughs) Very nice. So you managed to pop open this after a couple of seconds of trying. As it pops open, you see inside that there are, and again, by iron coffer, we're talking that this thing is about maybe 18 inches across, probably about 24 inches wide, and then maybe about 18 inches deep. So it's huge. Like it's wow. it's like a it's kind of like a footlocker that you've <laughs> cool. just dragged Jeez. out of this. Inside, you find a small stack of documents and scrolls. Ooh. Opening a couple of these scrolls, you can see a few of them. The words almost seem to blur as you look over them. You should just go, yeah, that's some sort of magic stuff that I'm not familiar with. Mm. Shuffle those off to the side. <laughs> However, there are hundreds of pages of documents in here. Pulling out a few, looking them over, they are written in a fine handwriting. The letters maintain a level so tight across that it almost seems like they'd be writing on a line if there were any lines on this paperwork. And the calligraphy is beautiful. However, yeah, you don't recognize any of these characters or even what languages they come from. On the other side of the room, Adria, you break through a couple of crates looking for something, looking for anything useful. Mm-hmm. Probably looking a little annoyed over your shoulder as like Nicolo's like, ooh, look at this. And he's holding up this armor and then, you know, Lucia's <laughs> picking this thing and you just open one chest after the next, after the next of just mold and rot. Mm-hmm. The last one you open is a larger chest that contain or larger crate that contains a smaller crate that when you crack that open contains an even smaller crate. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon packed this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. It's got a little upwards facing arrow smile thing. And you pull this last crate out, crack this one open. I don't think you have a crowbar, so probably just prying it open with your dagger. Yep. This last one breaks open and you just kind of slump your shoulders as you look down at this ancient straw inside of it. There's a small slip of paper. Hmm. As you retrieve the paper, it just contains six words. Maybe names? Bertram, Bren, Cabin. Finchin, Raph, Valdrin. You probably set that off to the side. Just dump over the crate. Because again, it's like a one foot square cube. So you just kind of dump it over. 
There's a soft metallic clattering sound. Ooh. Enough that I'm sure like Cesare kind of glances over his shoulder at the noise. Still trying to ignore Toria digging around and searching for clues and everyone else making all of this racket as you're <laughs> sitting there going, oh God. <laughs> Echoing into the, uh, the depths of this place. Adria, you look down, scatter the, uh, the ancient straw with one boot to see six small, maybe inch high figurines of silver ravens. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, y'all, two things. Uh, first of all, am I the only one in this group who doesn't know how to pick a lock? Because it seems like you all are real handy with that. <laughs> okay. It wasn't exactly standard schooling, but yes. <laughs> Second of all, I found all these little tiny silver ravens. They're so cute. And they have like a list of names, probably the silver ravens they belong to, but they're probably dead. So they're probably ours now, right? I guess um, so. That's one way to look at it. Hmm. Are we sure they're dead, though? I mean... Some people live a long time. He looks sideways over at the elf. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got a bunch of documents over here, including one that looks like maybe magic or something, but I mean, there's like hundreds of pages in here, so. May I? Yeah, sure. Arms and armor here, mostly. For the taking, if anybody wants some. No, but uh, we can always sell it if nobody does. Adriel will go, go look at the nest. She's not really going to look at paperwork. That's not really her thing. <laughs> But she might know something about a nest or about pearls. I don't know if it's a nature check anyway. Cesare will cast uh, Detect Magic. And I, since I'm a seer elf, I get a plus one circumstance bonus to decipher writing of a magical nature. To figure out what these scrolls are. Okay. Or read aura. Whichever one I need to do to try to figure out what the scrolls are. So, Adria, you're making your way over to investigate the nest. The nest. Very well. Lucia? Well, I can't read any of these documents. Yeah, I got nothing. I don't. I can't really be used that useful. So I'll switch with Cesare and uh, watch the uh, watch the pit to make sure that uh, nobody comes and gets us. Okay. What is Vittoria up to? Vittoria went to go look at the documents. Oh, I also gave. I'll give her that list of names too. Yes, I would also like the list of names. Adria does pocket all the ravens. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Nicola. I'll strap on a short bow as well, since it seems nobody else is interested <laughs> in this. <laughs> I, like, I can't right. use a lot of that stuff, or I have it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. I I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, Nicola's like, fine, I'll take the weapons and armor. I know, I like the idea of like, gosh, spoiled brats, I just take things I can find. Cesare is <laughs> like, I, I can't use any of that. <laughs> yeah, know? no, it's it's all good. I, it's fine. But after that, I think I'll go try to help Adria with this nest thing, because he doesn't like the idea of more Grimples showing up. <laughs> Grimple bad. No, yeah, no, no right. not again. No. Grimple gross. So, Adria, Nicolo, you two make your way over. You look over this nest. Again, nest, you think, is the only operative word here. There's just a couple of small objects, what looks to be some cloth piled around to make a comfortable laying position. Hmm. Again, it's small, as in you no know, more than about a foot across. So a grimple could curl up in this in fetal position. Hmm. It looks like it's more for comfort's sake than anything else, but surprisingly... It doesn't look like it's been slept in. It's also dusty in here, but you see no tracks around here. Then again, the walls are severely damaged and cracks and cracked. Maybe the creature could have, much like the Grimples were doing, climbed its way out through the cracks in the wall. Hmm. But no, they don't see any tracks or anything else that you could follow. None of the footprints like you saw upstairs. You also don't know how comfortable a Grimple would have been no more than 80 feet away from those two devils or whatever it was that you fought. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm going to poke around it in, it in the nest and see if there's any, you know, like crows like to steal things. So I don't know. See if there's any stuff in here. No. All right. Lucia, you stand guard looking off down the hallway. Cesare, you spend uh, your next 10 minutes identifying one of these scrolls. Yep. Uh, doing so using your read magic. Uh, first off, using your read magic, you can tell that all of these are magical. As far as the scrolls are concerned, it looks like there are three of them in total. The first one that you pick up, you spend 10 minutes concentrating on. You read through it. Don't know if it's you know a spell that you have or not, but uh, it appears to be a scroll of Featherfall. <laughs> Batoria, looking over the documents, what languages do you speak? I know it's a lot. Uh, I speak common, draconic, elven, halfling, infernal, and Jotun. Some of these characters are elven. You have no idea what these other two languages are. Uh, so you are not able to determine what the other languages are. Just looking this over, maybe someone else in your group speaks them. However, uh, you can tell that you do see occasionally some of the characters here. It looks like this is a complex history or accounting. It doesn't look like something so much as a logbook or anything. And again, there are literally hundreds of pages. It would take weeks to go through this by someone who's fluent in all three of these languages. Uh, this documentation, I, I recognize the elven characters. That's easy enough, but... There are two languages here I cannot recognize, and I speak quite a few. Strange. Uh, let me take a look. Cesare will look after he finishes identifying the scroll. What languages do you speak again? Celestial, common, draconic, elven, infernal, sylvan. You recognize one of the languages other than elven, which of course as an elf you do understand elven. Yeah, I hope so. One of these other languages is celestial. Can I figure out what the other language is? Can I make that check? Looking it over... Conferring with Vittoria, you think it's Strix. Oh! The language for the native winged humanoid creatures that live, I guess Devil's Point, I think is where originally they're from, but they're native throughout most of the Empire of Chiliax or Central Chiliax, basically the southern, west, southwestern portion of Avistan. Well, the one of these is definitely Celestial. So, Celestial, Elven, and this one. Perhaps, maybe Strix. That's the only thing I can think. The Strix. If you gotta think about it, though, if you're gonna put, like, you know, secret messages and stuff on paper, pick a language that almost nobody speaks. Or code it. Well, many people in Cantargo speak Elvish. There's a high Elven and half-Elven population here. Putting it in Elvish isn't necessarily secret. The Celestial and the Strix would be the hardest to decipher. Also, in answer to Vittoria's statement, you do think it's coded. It It's using elven characters. It's using celestial characters. It's using Strix characters. It looks to be using elven sentence structure syntax. It's hmm. some combination of the three languages that the cipher was probably only known to. Either the person that wrote this or maybe a select group. You know, I actually think this is coded. Ooh. Why else would they use three different languages? Uh, do you think that maybe their code was just a list of, of names that were real weird names? I mean, that might be too easy, but, uh, eh? I wonder if maybe the names are the key? I doubt it. They could just be who these Possible. ravens belong to. I just wanted to be helpful. I mean, I, I don't think the names would be it, though, because, like, how would that help you with understanding the characters? Yeah, you're right. Mm. Yeah, so uh, Victoria looks it over. Victoria, if pertinent, comparing it. Uh, first off, all these are written using Taldane characters. Okay, then no. Uh, no. Secondly, oh, it's actually, it's also written in a different handwriting than the rest of this. 
Chessere is going to cast Detect Magic. Are those ravens magical? Excluding the items that you already know in this room are magical, you think that there's a magical presence here. So it must be something else here. Picking up one of the statues using one minute to cast Read Aura, you can tell that they are, in fact, magical items, or at the very least, the one you're holding is. Cool. These, the ravens are magical. There's conjuration magic on this. Uh, What order were they in the chest? I mean, I kind of tumped the whole chest over. Cesare is gonna go through the list of the names, start with the first one and go down while holding this raven. You focus on this. Probably the rest of the group kind of crowding around. I imagine, you know, Lucia in interest, Adria probably curiously, Niccolo like testing some of the spikes on this morning star and kind of (laughs) looking a little nervously on as you're messing with something magical. Mm. Vittoria watching curiously. Go ahead and bounce me D6, Heather. Ooh. Four. You look down at the statue. Bertram, Wren, Capen, Fetchin. There is a soft pop Ooh. of displaced air as this small inch high figurine is replaced with a full-size silver raven. Ooh. The thing Ooh. is small, slightly cross-eyed Aww. and looks up at you curiously as it t- tilts its head to the side hops back and forth with a nervous energy as it looks quickly about the group. That's amazing. What did you just do? I believe she just turned a silver raven into a silver raven. Cesare will say the name again. Does it turn back into a statue? It looks at you curiously, almost as if it understands you, but you're just saying its name, uh-huh. so you've got its attention again. Mm-hmm. But no, it doesn't turn back. Interesting. That is so cool. It's so cute. Does it speak? You only have two shoulders, so I get this one. Raven <laughs> clings to your right shoulder. Raven and Raven. Eyes the bird suspiciously. Oh. As a side note, while it has transformed, it maintains its metallic consistency. Oh. So it still oh, looks cool. like it's made of solid silver. I'm going to try to identify the bird. It does not sit patiently, and then is constantly hopping as if it is filled with this nervous energy as it bounces about, looks around, eagerly looks up towards you. Every once in a while, just peers at your compatriots. Uh, what are the rest of you doing for the next 10 minutes while the wizard is staring intently <laughs> uh, at this bird? I'm picking a different bird, and I am saying all the names until I know which bird it is. We all, gra- we all grab one. We distribute like, the birds. My bird. We leave one no. for Rexus. Nico right, is just... leaving this alone for now. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh, too much on. for him. Have a little fun, roll, bud. Roll me a uh, D5, yeah. Jess. Yeah, a D5. Yeah, because a D10 divided by two. Yeah, I was like, how do I roll a D5? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a two, which is a one. So yeah, you you pick up one, kind of start at the beginning of the list. You go Bertram, and then you start to get ready to say the next before there's a pop. Yeah. This bright-eyed raven, a little bit bigger than the other one, stands looks up, looks at you curiously. It doesn't have the same nervous energy as the other one. It just kind of looks around, watches all of you suspiciously. If you don't tell it to do anything, it just kind of hops up onto your shoulder, begins to pick lint off of your clothing and begins looking around curiously at the rest of them. Excellent. I give it a shiny like coin or something to play with. It takes this with intent. Like it grabs this, holds it, looks at it, and then looks piercingly towards you. As if waiting expectantly. Yeah, it's, it's waiting for you to tell it to take it somewhere, I bet you. Adria's like, I don't know, buddy. I thought I was just being cute. Uh, ravens like shiny things, yeah? It stares intently. 
I think it is waiting for a command. I anxiously wait the ten minutes for Chesare to tell me what this bird does while it stares at me. So it sounds like Nikolo's uh, just kind of hanging back. Lucia, Vittoria, you guys doing anything in the meantime? I want one. Lucia goes and grabs one and starts going through the names. Uh, bounce me D4. Yay. Chesare is too busy concentrating to be like, guys, maybe we should. Okay. <laughs> nope, we're too excited. We found toys. I roll a one. There you go. So you start, you know. You can start with Bertram, at which point the you know, the raven across the way kind of glances over at you sort of dismissively. Like, <laughs> you're not the one that called name. me. <laughs> Bertram is intense, okay? You then go to Bren, at which point there's a soft pop. This one is about the same size as Bertram, but it is much fluffier, as if Aww. its feathers just stand out a little bit wider. It is a very noble, like it keeps its head craned up, looks imperiously about the room, sort of looks over towards you and then deigns to hop onto your shoulder. <laughs> I like how Cesare's bird is just spazzing it's, it's out. so cool. <laughs> she like tries to grab it and cuddle it. <laughs> Every once in a while, Raven's just like swatting down at the bird as it tries to get like hop up onto your shoulder, chew on her tail, all the rest <laughs> of this stuff. It's just constant ball of energy. Vittoria, what would you like to do? Vittoria doesn't really want to add to the chaos. Um, <laughs> I think we should probably figure out what these do before we um, continue on with this experiment. I mean, suit yourself, but I have a, rev a raven friend now, and that's pretty fun. <laughs> well, I'm not saying I don't want one. This is fascinating, but He's a how do you turn it back into a raven? Or the figurine, anyway. I don't know. I imagine, you know, Cesare, he'll tell us. Cesare knows. Vittoria watches all this chaos going on, looks down towards the figurines. Is The initial assumption is a little bit off in that all of these figurines are not identical. Each of them is slightly different than the rest. Enough so that you think even in their figurine form that you could probably tell them apart. Oh. Cool. I wonder if they've bonded with you now that you've said the name too. That would be interesting. You mean like a pet? Yeah. Well, possibly. I like mean, a magic technically. pet? Technically. Well, pets usually are alive. I don't know if this really counts, but they seem to have some sort of intelligence. This is fascinating. I mean, we came here looking for the silver ravens and... And she like gestures up at the silver <laughs> raven on her shoulder. I somehow left. don't think this was the rebellion I had in mind. Well, now you know, if we could just get your wisdom. I having um, birds why that don't, can like do what we ask them to do is going to be pretty handy. Well, Victoria, why don't? Or sorry, <laughs> Adria. <laughs> I'm calling you by my own name. It's because I was Call trying to. Call your name, Adria. Why don't we test it? Go or throw another coin and see if it can fetch it. Uh, okay. Uh, I throw another coin and I ask uh, Bertram, uh, go get that coin, please. The raven watches it fly over. Hops from your arm, flies the distance over, scoops it up in its beak, beats its wings before flying back over, landing and delivering it to you. Awesome. It still watches you intently, still holding the other coin in its claw. <laughs> like, what oh, do you uh, want me to do with this one? <laughs> take take that coin over to Vittoria, and I point at Vittoria. It turns, looks over to Vittoria, flies the distance, lands, extends a claw out towards Vittoria. Rad. She... Um, takes it and says, thank you. Okay, so it's obviously intelligent enough to follow basic commands. Question is, is will it work for anybody? Lucia, 
Ask Bertram to do the same thing. Okay, Bertram. Go get the coin. And she, like, throws a copper piece. The raven watches the copper piece fly, hops, and then flies over, grabs it, picks it up, and stands there with it. Since it was only issued the command to to go and get the copper. Now, now, this is Adria's bird, not... Yes. It then flies back over towards you, lands... The other bird looks over a little disdainfully towards the second bird now taking up its role before it delivers okay. the coin. She like grabs it and then goes like now she's got she's got one on either shoulder and she's like, okay, what now? Uh, Bertram, come back over here. The bird flies over to you. These birds are like, this is the what coolest. is up with these idiots? This, this, is, so this is amazing. <laughs> Best magic items ever. So they will follow commands for anyone. As long as you know the name. It follows commands better than a, a normal animal usually does. It's it's definitely more intelligent. Yeah, Raven narrows sure. her eyes. It's not that impressive. You're familiar. <laughs> I don't understand you. Uh, yes, you oh, do. Wait, you no, understand I do. Me. You understand me. <laughs> Good. It's not a familiar. It's like a you know normal bird type thing, except it's all metal. Cesare. Uh huh. After ten minutes of the shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine him trying to do all this out stuff. while he's focusing on this spastic bird. You gave a druid a magic bird, okay? I'm here to play with a bird. You get a general sense of what these do. You don't think you've learned all the attributes of the magic, as in, you know how this works. You probably don't know the intricacies of it. Yeah. This is an object known as a wondrous figurine. Uh-huh. Specifically, this is a silver raven figurine. Yeah. It is, uh, when activated... This silver figurine turns into a raven, but retains its metallic consistency. You can imprint on the raven the image, direction, and distance to an obvious place or landmark that's well known to you. You can also attach a note or object of up to light bulk. The raven does its best to reach said destination given its natural flight speed. You're not actually positive how fast they are. If it makes it there, it waits nearby until its remaining duration expires, allowing other non-hostile creatures to approach it and remove the attached object. If not commanded to carry a message, the raven obeys the commands of its owner, although it has no special powers. Cool! The figurine can be used once per day, and it can remain in raven form for up to four hours. How do I make it back into a figurine? It will follow any command issued to it. All right, so... These are wanderings of uh, figure. There, there. These wanderings. Are, wanderings. <laughs> I can't talk. These are uh, figurines of wondrous power. They turn into ravens. They can deliver messages and the like. You, as long as you know the area the fairly well, and they can reach it within their four-hour duration, they can deliver a message. They also can follow simple commands. Oh, we've discovered that. Yes. Yeah. The command will only work if you state the creature's name, or in this case, the figurine's name. You have to know its name, so not anyone hmm. could do it as, we, as long as we keep the names a secret. But this would definitely help if we are to be part of a rebellion, that we could send messages to each other rather easily. Yeah. So I say everybody gets one and we give one to, you know, Rex. That would be wise. Yeah. No, I agree with that. He knows you're shortening his name, right? I don't know. <laughs> uh. Uh, Victoria will pick up. Well, who has the the figurines at this point? Adrian, do you still have them? Uh, I have all the extra ones. I figure Victoria will approach you and uh, hold out a hand. May I? Sure. All right. What have we got left? There are three of them left. Caban, who's uh, slightly darker silver than the other ones, 
Ruff, which is a little bit plumper. Rath uh, or Rath? Rath. It's actually spelled H-R-A-F-N, but it's pronounced Rath. Weird. Hmm. Okay. Which is a little bit plumper. Uh, it's also an old, like, worn figurine. Like, it looks like it's probably older and a little bit more time-worn than these other ones. And there's also the uh, Valdren, which is seems to be the sleekest of all of them. Ah, well, uh, Adria asked Bertram to turn back into a figurine, and then she takes Raph because he's chunky. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a slight pop, and then uh, Bertram's just a simple figurine again. I'm going to take the dark one. Is that Cabin? Cabin. In the meantime, uh, Nicolo's just kind of watching in the background. Well, come on, then. All right, if it will help, I'll go in and take one. You can, take, you can send uh, secret messages and stuff. Cesare, there's six of them. The raven, we should give one to Rex. Oh, okay. Can I use yours if I need to deliver a letter? Yes, you have permission to use Fetchin. She actually has the familiar ability where she can pick up and manipulate things with her paws. So she can... Nice. <laughs> <laughs> she can pill, pick up a quill and like jot something down. So theoretically, she could indeed write notes and things like that. Nicolo, you make your way over? Yeah, I'll grab one. Which one do you want? I think Bertram is... Uh, Bertram's been returned to the pile. Yeah, or he's intense. Ah, sure, I'll take Bertram. Okay. So you reach down, pick up Bertram. Again, even speaking his name or focusing or anything else on that, you can tell that the magic is spent for the day. Sorry. Yeah, that's... Yeah, no skin off my back. Glancing this over again, you know, as cool as these items are, you really... The only thing you have now is this giant box full of papers. I, well, yes. there's two other magic scrolls. Yes. If no one minds, I'm going to take these other two scrolls. I might be able to add them to my spellbook, and I'm going to try and purchase an identify scroll so I can get more information about our new raven friends. Uh, I don't suppose you uh, know anyone at the academy that speaks Strix. Well, what if uh, Rexus speaks Strix? He might it's be possible. our best point of starting. Uh, I mean, he is something of a scholar. Probably a best place to to start. Is this the last? This is the last little room, isn't it? There's no other ways out of here. Um, unless there's some secret passage, which we haven't even begun looking for, really. Well, unless anyone sees anything else, I believe this is the end of our search of the Permissus. So here's the real question: How are we going to carry this big old chest uh, down the street without somebody asking what's in it? Um. Perhaps we just leave the bulk of it here for the moment and just take some of the papers for now. I mean, either that or we could divvy it all up and put it in our bags. We could also just carry it. The Atari are just going to see some scribbles and I'm a professor at the academy. I don't know. It feels risky. still feels strange to be carrying a lockbox down the street, especially with how the city is in so much unrest. But no, seriously, we can put it back in one of the crates and then carry the crate. Nobody's uh -huh. going to think twice about somebody carrying around a box of wood. He does have a point. Yeah. Eh. I mean, that makes sense to me. Uh -huh. Okay. Cesare will pat Fetchin on the head and then will him to return back to his figurine form. Okay. Yep, we put away our toys. The chest here, by the way, even putting it back in a crate or anything like that is a two bulk item. Uh, and does require two hands to manipulate, so you will <laughs> will need uh, to work some some difficulty. Does anyone have rope? Yeah. Oh, wait. Actually, I might. I think okay. I have rope. I have rope. Yes. Yeah. Rope comes in the uh, adventurer's pack. 
do you dismiss your uh, super obviously magic ravens? Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Very well. So yeah, so Bertram, uh, Fetchin, and Bren are all uh, unable to activate again today. So yeah, making your way back through, I suppose, uh, Nicolo being the, the strongest of the party just kind of tosses all this on his back. Yeah, I actually can Let's... carry all of it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, where are we going? The coffee house. Is there a back door or something? Because like we could be making a delivery. Probably. Uh, yeah, Rexus said, said that he's staying at the Long Roads Coffee House. Okay. It's in the uh, Villagery District on the other side of the uh, Bleak Bridge. Oh, oh man, we're going to have to pay that toll again. And it's not far from the <laughs> school, right? No, it's just down the way from the school. Yeah. It's closer to uh, Villagery Park than it is to the school. Oh, we also got to dunk you guys in some water. Good no, idea. I am getting tired of scratching. Quite nice. And sorry, what was the name unpleasant. of the coffee house? Long Roads Coffee House, two words. It's run by uh, Laria Long Road, one word. You gather yourselves together, I suppose, make your way back through here. As long as you, as somebody has 50 feet of rope, you can tie that off to this crate, because again, it's going to be impossible to hold this crate and also bring it up the iron rungs out of the trap door that led mm-hmm. you down here. You don't yeah. know if there was another exit to this place once before and it just was buried in the collapse or what. With some difficulty, you're able to pull that up through there. Step back out through, wave goodbye to the dogs. I'm going to come back and feed you. <laughs> make your way uh, back through the front uh, exit, or make your way back to the back exit through the uh, door that Nicolo ripped off its hinges. Uh, <laughs> climb over the fence outside, passing the crate over, and I suppose begin to make your way. Could we not have just gone through the front door? Uh, well, it's still chained closed. You guys never open it. I thought you said it was loosely. It's loose enough for one of you to go through, but oh, not okay. for the crate. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. just making sure. I didn't know how loose we were talking. Yeah. Lo- loose enough that I think you could make an acrobatics check to squeeze through or wouldn't even need one if you're a small size creature. Okay. But toss the crate over the top of this, uh, collect yourselves, and I suppose set off uh, towards Long Road's coffee house. And we'll pick it up here next time. Kill we it. found the Silver Ravens. Oh, we have They're little so Raven friends. Yep. They're so cute. You know, Cesare is just going to catch in on our off day so he and Raven can play, right? Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Hell's Rebels is copyright 2015. Hell's Rebels and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Find the Path Ventures have converted Hell's Rebels from Pathfinder to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Conversion notes are available to our Patreon backers at patreon.com backslash findthepath.